Most of these old boys don't have nothing. Never had nothing to start with. But you, you had it all. Then you let your teammates down, get yourself caught with your hand in the cookie jar. I did, did I? Oh, I ain't saying you did or you didn't. All I'm saying is you could have robbed banks, sold dope, or stole your grandmother's pitching checks, and none of us would have minded. Shaving points off of a football game, man, that's an American. Welcome to episode 213 of the Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men. I'm your host, Mark Clover, and as it is football season, we thought it's the perfect time to review a classic movie with a twist, The Longest Yard, the original movie, not that awful XFL-style remake featuring Adam Sandler. This great and fantastic film from 1974 stars Burt Reynolds as Paul Wrecking Crew, Eddie Albert as Warden Hazen. Ed Lauder as Captain Canauer, Michael Conrad as Nate Scarborough, James Hampton as Caretaker, Bernadette Peters as the Warden's Secretary, Richard Keel as Samson, Anitra Ford as Melissa, and five or six guys from the 60s and 70s who all played in the NFL, and really the only one you know of, Ray Nitschke, who played for the Packers. The movie was directed by the legendary Robert Aldrich, and he was also known for Alzana's Raid, the Dirty Dozen, which we reviewed, the classic Flight of the Phoenix, again, not the crappy remake, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. Joining me tonight is Jeff, look what we have here, a miniature podcaster, Muncie. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Um, <clears throat> I used to have a thing for Bernadette Peters, but after watching this movie, I literally had to scrub my eyes to get that beehive off of her head. <laughs> No shit. You didn't like the Marge Simpson look? <laughs> Thanks for ruining it even more for me. Pleasure. God. My pleasure. Um, along with Jeff tonight, please welcome Brian. I make the best raisin jack in the joint. The yellow tinge to it is just food coloring Miller. You know, when I started this thing, I thought I was signing up for the Mean Machine. I didn't realize I was signing up for the Citrus State Cheerios. <laughs> Nobody got the reference? <laughs> That's sure. Those were the female cheerleaders. They were called the Citrus State Cheerios. Okay. No, who they were. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah, and I'm also, kidding. joining us, please welcome Ken. If I were a kept man, I'd never drive my keeper's car into a river, Roni. Well, that actually, you know, pretty much the first five minutes of this movie pretty much show what, uh, you know, basically my lifetime goal is to be a kept man. <laughs> Haven't achieved it yet. Maybe if I look like Burt Rattles, I could pull it off. You, you going to start combing your hair forward on your face, Ed? And growing a porn stash? <laughs> and, and, you know. <laughs> this has potential. Get, getting, you know, hair plugs on my chest, yeah. I mean, I'll be <laughs> <doing> it all. <laughs> well... From my understanding, that that little cap on Bert's top was not real. Huh? You think? <laughs> and finally, we have the one, the only Steve. Yeah, 
there are two things they they can sweat out of you or beat out of you if you stay married long enough. Your balls, Michael. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Um, you you run a Maserati into the river. I'd have kicked him in the balls too. That back in '74, that model year, that those Maseratis are pretty ugly. It was a hideous looking car. It, yeah, it, it needed a wash. I mean, it's, it's one step above an old K car. I mean, its style was nothing on that thing. It was pretty fugly. All right. All right. And uh, before we go any further, I'd like to thank Steve for his outstanding job stepping into Man the Last podcast. And also on behalf of the MCR team, wish our founder a very happy birthday. Oh, thank Happy you. birthday, Steve. Yes. Yeah, I got one more day, guys. Don't Don't blow it. I'm still trying to relive my 40s. Oh, this is the last. You're making the big jump. Yeah, tomorrow's the big jump. I think my AR- oh. yeah, the the big ARP card's coming in a couple of months after this. So, well, I, I'll tell you, when I turned fifty, it was there that day. You'll probably have <laughs> it'll be in your mailbox tomorrow. And you know, I got that when I turned fifty, and got that one. Son of a bitch, threw it in the trash. Like I don't need this. Yeah. Now you're a proud card carrying member, aren't you? Yeah. No, I'm not. I mean, you know, there's a lot to look forward to, Steve. You got, you know, cataracts, kidney stones, yep. hernias, this detached retinas. That's just me in the last 12 months. But hey, do you have heart disease? Oh, I've got that too, but, you yep. know, what the hell? Well, I, I plan on destroying my liver well before that. So there you go. I think you're well on the way, sir. I think I am too. I got How'd that a, work out for you this weekend? I got a quarter thing at Jack Daniels right here saying, God damn it, we're going to get it. So. <laughs> All right, so The Longest Yard is a cult 1974 comedy football movie. Um, and I'll just read the description, and then we can get into it. Former pro quarterback Paul Crew, Burt Reynolds, is sent to jail and is challenged by a mad warden um, to put together a football team of cons to play against his semi-pro guards so that he can finally win the semi-pro championship uh, trophy by getting a tune-up game against uh, against the cons. So Paul Crew must put together a victory with the help of his manager, caretaker, Coach Nate, and a football team of inmates with attitudes against the guards. But when caretaker gets murdered at halftime, big surprise, um, of the game, the warden threatens to pin the murder on Paul Crew unless he throws the game. So Paul Crew then, the big, ta-da, must decide, does he throw the game or does he become like the rest of the cons? So it's a fun little um, 1974 um, sports movie. Um, I'm going to throw it open. I'm sure Brian has something to say about it because right at the first five minutes of the movie, I'm sure two things grabbed his attention. So um, initial thoughts. Yeah, and okay. the thoughts, gentlemen. Well, go ahead, Brian. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I, this was a vintage Burt movie. You know, he was. This is what he was cranking out. You know, every Jesus, eight months, ten months. You know, back in that period. Uh, you know, I mean, he played. He played uh, football at least for a while uh, in college, and so I think he's always had an affinity for it. Uh, lot, a lot of casts there that. Uh, Although Nitschke was really the only one I could pick out, uh, but you know, ex-pro football players, uh, I think what people 
probably don't understand, you know, technically Reynolds would have been a player from the mid-60s. Pro football players didn't make money back in those days. I mean, you know, these guys you hear about like Fran Tarkin, those guys had summer jobs. So, um, you know, there's actually some truth to the movie with the idea of like, hey, why would you be on the take? You know, or why would you do this? Well, because you really don't make that much money playing pro football back then. So, um, so it, it was a different take. You know, I mean, uh, the movie is laden with uh, TV character actors uh, uh, from McHale's Navy to, gee, uh, Hill Street Blues to you name it. So, um, you know, obviously Eddie Albert's uh, been around. Eddie Albert, by the way, a real live uh, war hero, as I recall, from First Second World War. But, you know, it's a, it's a good movie. Um, half the movie is a football game. I'd forgotten that until I watched it. Um, which was a blast. Uh, that was actually probably the most entertaining part of the movie to me. I mean, I, I liked it generally, but I, I did get a kick out of the football game. So, so that's that's really what I got to say about it at this point. Well, gentlemen, speak up. Well, I'll throw out. Uh, it is. I mean, this thing came out like when I was in high school. Again, I'm the oldest guy here, so I mean, it was on my radar screen. I didn't see it at the theater, uh, but I did see it soon after somewhere. I don't know where. I'm going to say it's, uh, you know, it was entertaining. It's, you know, it's pretty stereotypical. I mean, it's straightforward. It's one thing it kind of bothered me watching it now, you know, these many, many years later, it's been decades since I've seen this, is it's one of these movies that to me doesn't quite know what it wants to be. It's funny at times and also be just like brutal and uh, a little uneven in that regard. But it, if you like, you know, the premise, you know, the cons versus the guards in a football game and, you know, the the scheming warden. Eddie Albert did a good job as a scheming warden here. Uh, I did like, uh, what was it? This is uh, James Hampton, who played Caretaker. He was, like as Brian was alluding to, he was in a whole lot of movies and TV back in these days. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he was an F troop. You know, like cornball comedy cowboy series when i was a kid mm-hmm. uh but yeah lots of you know big cast uh this was I, I think well this was just a couple years after deliverance so you know bert had broken through and was you know on, on a roll but uh i don't think this was like one of his top efforts from the, the, those days i mean i think there are several that were better but that's what i'm going to say right now yeah, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. No, sorry. My bad. Well, you're in the middle of guzzling down half that bottle or something. It but, was. Uh, I, I I had a little bit going there, and he interrupted me. So, you know, what? I'm going to pass right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Um, so this is my first viewing. Um, never seen it before. Always wanted to, and and I um, my vibe is something that I think you guys had kind of alluded to regarding. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> TV actors in here, and I felt that watching this, it was more of it was shot more as a um, as a TV maybe movie or show than it was for like the cinema. And it just, <clears throat> it had a very, um, I don't want to say simplistic 
cinematography to it, but it, the the scenes just felt very um, just kind of tight and closed in. Um, not like I think the, the 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 nice wide shots you would have in a in a in a uh, in a, in a typical uh, cinema movie. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying it just gives it a kind of a close-in um, feel to to it, just like a small screen feel. I don't think it's bad. I don't know if it's good. Um, and I do agree. It, it felt like it was it was sometimes two different movies. Uh, and I think um, the ensemble cast. I think it works well together. I think having a large cast for this movie is 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 one of the strengths because um, you have a lot of different characters and and there there's some uh, there's some classic actors on here and I think that that was by by having all those um, seasoned actors and some of these uh, you know football players intermingled. I think it uh, I think I think it did okay. Um, but I'll save. Well, we'll talk more about it as we go along. All right, Steve, it's back to you. Yeah, not to jump in, Jeff, but I was going to say, but you know what you were saying about like the way the movie looked. Isn't that kind of indicative of this era? I mean, a lot. That's of a good the, point. I mean, a lot of the movies, when you look at uh, stuff that was shot in the early seventies, I mean, they really actually did kind of look like. Uh, TV shows, they didn't look like movies, like you would think. So I, I don't know if that's actually a. Not that you're saying it's a criticism, but I think that is just pretty standard. Um, I mean, you look at a lot of stuff uh, around this era. I mean, French Connection, uh, which is, I mean, a personal favorite of mine. It does. I mean, it literally looks like one of those movies you would have saw is a or a TV show, and it was shot that way. So I don't know. That's. Well, I think you bring up a good point. You know, I mean, you know, before this and, you know, the 60s, you had, in some cases, these, you know, grand sweeping epics of cinematography going on. And, you know, maybe in these this early 70s, um, you, you had more of a, you know, may, may, maybe that's maybe that's just what was in vogue at the time. Um but then I think back, you know, to Smoking the Bandit, which you know I don't I don't get that feel. I feel like it was more on a on a larger scope. Which I don't think was shot what too too much longer after this was it? Maybe it was just this little small time period. Maybe in late uh, four years later. Yeah. Four years later. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think you're. I mean, I agree. I think there are certain movies around this time period that that maybe maybe that's what it was. Um, but I, I and again, I'm not like. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's, it's it's a feel that I have, and so I had to kind of remind myself as I was watching it that you know this was, you know this is this is this is not a made for TV show. It was you know more of a bigger scale budget with a with a big name actor who does have a lot of chest hair. Go. I mean, most of the cast in that movie was was doing TV at the time, and Burt Reynolds was what like six years removed from doing like Dan August and stuff like that them before he did deliverance uh, but most of that cast i mean albert had been on the big screen but you know he was doing tv i mean green acres and all that kind of stuff uh but but most of these guys were small screen guys at that time green acres he's still around isn't he be what's that living is the life no, for me. sorry <laughs> i'm thinking I, james hampton was he uh, Ham- hampton's last movie that he did was the uh Teenage werewolf movie with Michael. Uh, what's his face? Uh, he Michael played his J. dad. Fox. Yeah, I, I, yeah. But I think that's the last movie he did. 
I don't think I've seen him blade. since then. He's still acting. He did Swing Blade? I didn't know that. Yeah. He's still acting. around. He, yeah. he was in uh, The uh, Hunt for Red October, wasn't he? Who? No. 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 You're talking, no. I'm talking the scrounger in the movie. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Caretaker. Caretaker. He wasn't in Hunt for Red no, October. He wasn't in Hunt for Red October. There are probably in, many of these actors that would have been in Hunt for Red October. But he's still out there. He put out two movies uh, two years ago. He was in. So he's, I'll be darned. He's still grinding away. Yeah. So do you have any other thoughts, Steve? Uh, no, I'm done. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> All righty. That's it. That's it. I'm out. No initial thoughts. All right. <clears throat> Hey, by the way, Jeff, I do think the same thing about Bernadette Peters. She is, I've always had a little bit of a thing for her, and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she would have been 26 or 28. I think she was like 26 when she did this, by the way. Poor girl. She was yes. on for, what, all the two minutes? <clears throat> she was effective in her scene. I mean, there's that. Homer. Oh, I'm sorry. Definitely, Homer. Definitely, if that was the inspiration for Marge Simpson, it worked. Well, ironically, I think they—I mean—they were making a point of making her homely, uh, yeah. and she is not that. I mean, she no. has many things, but she is not a homely person. No, no, no. What do you guys I, think of it from the standpoint? Because um, there were some other sports movies that had been that were coming out or had come out like Slapshot, North Dallas 40 as, as a sports movie of that period. What do you, what do you guys open, <laughs> open question? What do you think of it relative to the other movies of that period? Because it, to me, it strikes me that Slapshot was recently on Netflix and I watched it and it, they all kind of have that same, to your point, Jeff, kind of rough at it. And it's to Steve's point, uh, they all have that same look about them, but they also kind of have this thrown together, not in a bad way, but yeah, we kind of got a plot and we'll shake it all out onto the table and it'll become a sports movie. Uh, have we ever done Slapshot? Nope. That would be a good one. Uh, that That's a funny movie. Yeah. It, although it does, I, I watched it and I thought it was better than, when I what I remembered I thought was better than I watched it and there's a lot of that movie that drags when they're not anywhere near the ice. Well, that's good. So yeah, when they're not near the ice, you're right. You're right. Oh, well, and I think this, this movie has some, some of that too. Um, yeah, there there are times like, I I can't, I can't remember who said it, but there there were times when um, you know it was, it was a little too serious. Um, and I'm not saying I didn't know what it wanted to do. It's just I, I felt like there there could have been. Um, maybe just slightly different writing to those not so or to those two serious moments, but um, <clears throat> yeah, in Slapshot there there are those periods where you're like, I wonder if we just edited this part out here, how that would improve the movie. Well, yeah. well prison comedies are a rather challenging film to uh, <laughs> yeah. to pull yeah. off. I mean, <laughs> most of them don't show the buggering that goes on, but. They certainly yeah. inferred it here, though, a bit. We could, we could definitely uh, maybe splice in here some uh, some deliverance if you wanted that in this movie, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
swear Come on. You know, God, honestly, never, when it comes to that era, I think the best, believe it or not, the best sports movies were probably made for TV movies, like Brian's Song and stuff like that, even though that was a few years prior to this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, but I do really feel like some of the best stuff I saw, sports-related, when because I would have been in junior high and high school uh, during this period, uh, were stuff that was made for TV. I mean, literally, uh, I mean, shows about runners, shows about uh, – uh, there's a show. There's a, actually a hockey film with Michael. Uh, oh God, I can't think of his name. Damn it, he's been around forever. Still is. Uh, uh, where he played kind of a the, the the guy basically was the the enforcer on a hockey team. He ended up killing somebody, uh, and it was a you know made for TV movie. Pretty interesting, but but there. I mean, a lot of the stuff is put out in the big screen, and then maybe I'm forgetting something. We're kind of unforgettable as far as sports movies goes, at least to me. I think sports movies are are in general tough to do. Yeah, I think it's it's. I mean, and and there were moments in this movie where you had. I, I've never seen it before. You guys, and it was it really was sort of jarring when I was watching it. But you know those those multiple panes, um, of, of split screen, split screen. I mean, there was like at times there was there was four up there. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I got what they were doing. I understood it, and I think, I, I, and I'm not saying it was a look. I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but there's a reason you don't do it, um, <clears throat> which I think is what you, um, I, I, you know, there's different ways of telling a story in a movie, and I just, I, I understand why they were trying to do it. I just, I don't think it worked, but I appreciated their effort in in doing something different. To show you how quickly event, how simultaneous things are happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, on a, probably as as much as any other sport, there is a lot of different things happening on a football field in a given time. Things that that I mean, you know, soccer games are spread out over a whole field. Lacrosse games are spread out over a whole field. But at any given time, somebody can be doing something on one end of a soccer or lacrosse field. It makes absolutely no difference to the rest of what's going on on the other side of the field. A football game, a football field, everything that everybody is doing (laughs) matters. You know, they're doing something that contributes in some fashion. So I I get the concept, but it is tough to watch it, yes. Or like the lacrosse field, you know, where, where you may have your son at one end playing defense or attack or something, whacking somebody upside the head when all the action's at the other end of the field. Right, Brian? It happens. Right, Brian? <laughs> it happens. <laughs> That's Well, you know, there's, there's – there's, I'm sorry. It was between the shoulder blades, actually. Oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> much better. Much better. No yeah, as long as it's not on the helmet. I mean, you know. <laughs> but I think there, there's one movie that was done near this time period that, that I think – did a um, a pretty good job of showing a football game, and I think we did we did review that, and it was um, it was um, it was Friday, Mash Black Sunday. What was it? Mash. Oh. The football game scene in their in their movie. We did that. I yeah. I think that is very well done. I think they did a great job of showing the chaos that that was, which I think is. Exactly what you had in this football game. You just had chaos going at all times, but they decided to show it just in a different way. Which I'm not saying it's bad. Um, you know, this is a very beloved movie by a lot of people. And I never saw the new one. And on principle, I I rarely see remakes just because usually they're not 
they just don't match up. But some do, but uh, so Mark inferred that the remake was horrific, and I'm it's assuming it's an Adam it was. Sandler movie. Right. I've got no particular issue with Adam Sandler. I just it's, it's don't like remake. most of his movies. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's if you can if you can suspend disbelief enough to believe that Adam Sandler's a pro quarterback, then I guess you can somewhat enjoy the movie. But that that in and of itself is a hard hard pill to swallow. And I think I can't remember. It, there's a bunch of guys who briefly played in the NFL, like Brian Erlacher and guys like that are in the movie. But it's it's just the retelling of this movie. So, you know, hmm. obviously they just wanted to cash in on well, Erlacher, Erlacher had a great career. I'm assuming he played the Ray Nitschke character, but I could yeah, be wrong. Guys like that. But yeah, it it was all right. It was all right. Um a little tidbit, I, I, and maybe, a, maybe it's inappropriate, or maybe it is appropriate, and I'm sure it's going to come up. Is <laughs> particularly this weekend, I thought it was ironic that the national anthem scene in the movie, everybody <laughs> had their hands on their chest, even the guys at the prison. I'm like, wow, what a difference a few decades make. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yep. Unlike today, from what I hear. Yeah. Well, one, thing, one thing that I'll just throw out here that, you know, I had, it, it sort of hit me about two thirds of the way through the movie is, you know, you're, you're identifying with these football players, feeling like, oh, poor guys and everything. But then, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a old school guy when it comes to law and order. I'm going like, <laughs> you know, the, the, these guys, they're in there for a reason. I mean, you know, it's, they, they, you know, they're being identified as, you know, Killers and thugs and everything. And it's like, and they're really nice guys and they're funny too. Like, well, it's, there's some disconnection in my mind on that, but that's, I'm not complaining. It it's, comes with the territory. Well, but, I was dying to know what, uh, oh, Michael, uh, what's, he was the assistant coach. Uh, he was in tons of stuff back, back in those days. Uh, what it was that he did, you know, that got him in. He was the one that was the assistant, the much beloved assistant that got his knee popped at the end of the movie. Oh, he was an ex-NFL player, and I'm like, well, what'd you do, dude? you kill your wife or something? I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of interested to know why you you know, you went from the NFL to prison, and apparently you've been there a while. Foreign <laughs> smuggling. It's Florida. Yeah. Foreign smuggling. Or cigars from Cuba. Yeah. You know. Anyway, that's a, that's a good um, downshift. Thank you, Brian. Um, to move on to actors. Uh We've talked about Burt Reynolds in the past, um, since we did Smoking the Bandit. There are quite a few, as somebody referenced, I think, Brian, TV actors. Uh, I'm just going to throw it open because there's a lot of people that most people would not be familiar with unless they grew up in this era and watch TV. But um, there's a couple. Uh, I'll start it off. I'll throw the obvious one out to you guys. Richard Keel. Jaws. Jaws. As Samson. Yep. Yep. Well, then uh, Ed Lauder was in a ton of stuff uh, back in those days. He played, he was the head of the guards. He played in tons and tons of movies and TV. He was all over the place. I think he just passed away in the last year or so. Didn't I he think. do a lot of... 2013. Yeah. Didn't he do a bunch of Burt Reynolds movies? Lauder, not so much. I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I could be wrong about that. Now, I'll tell you who did do a, a Burt Reynolds t- movie or two, and that was uh, uh, Junior. <laughs> 
from Smokey and the Bandit was in this mood. Oh, yeah. Did you catch that? Mike well, Henry. The guard, right? Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Junior from Smokey. Yep. yep. He was the one that uh, when uh, when Burt Reynolds hit, uh, uh, was it Lauer's character with the uh, on the side on the bank of that uh, mucky, mucky, I don't even drainage ditch. I don't know what the hell it was. Um, <clears throat> um, he was the guy that uh, shot the uh, bullet to get him to stop fighting. That's right. And he was featured of quite a fair amount in this movie. I think at the very end of the movie, he congratulated Reynolds on a good game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another guy you see in a lot of movies is that Robert Tessier, the the, the murderer. <laughs> he killed, th- what, four guys out of prison and three guys in prison? <laughs> he, oh, you, know, you mean, oh, what was the character's name? Shockner. Shockner, yeah. He was yeah. in a lot of stuff. Like He was in a movie I haven't seen with uh, Bronson where they had his, a kind of street fighting movie, but he played a lot of stuff in that era too. He always played that kind of guy. Yeah. He was he was in a classic camp movie, The Sword and the Sorcerer. Oh. Wow. <laughs> From the 80s. Uh, he's also in The Deep. Yep. He's a heavy in The Deep and also a heavy in uh, Cannonball Run. But yep. yeah, if you were watching these kind of movies back then, you know, he popped out a lot of places. He's very, you know, he's an impressive guy, you know, in terms of stature, and he's got a distinctive, you know, face and features and all. So he does stand out. Yeah, he's um, he died young. Yeah, he was a he had a stuntman company with uh, what's his name, uh, Clint's big buddy that did Smokey with him. Uh, oh, Hal Needham. I think they owned oh, a stunt okay. company together. Well, the other guy in here, like Michael Conrad, you guys all obviously we all grew up, or I think we all remember Hill Street Blues. You know, be careful out there. Yep. Played the Sergeant, I think Esther House. Yes, and uh, he he was in shoot Gunsmokes, Virginians. He was in a lot of stuff back then. He played boxers. He played all kinds of often a heavy, but uh, kind of a lovable guy. You know, when he played that role that he could play like in that, in those sort of movies, and uh, but you know, obviously he was very prominent. Another guy was, um, you've seen him in a bunch of stuff. John Steadman played the old pop, yes. the busted up nose. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You always I, see him in a bunch of Bonanza and you'd see definitely him all the time. Yeah. yeah Rockford that, Files. That guy had a drink or two in his life from the looks of that nose. I I think you know I think Steve wants to be that guy someday. You know, just bury your beak in a good bottle of bourbon or a bad bottle of bourbon. Is there such a thing as a bad bottle of bourbon? Yes, there is. Yeah, I'm probably I, yeah. Well, I don't Except, have one of those right now. Called Jim Beam. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. I'm not yeah. having that right now. I'm having what my beautiful wife got me for my birthday. So. Don't oh, and drink it's... all that Colonel Taylor in one sitting. Enjoy it. I'm not drinking all in one sitting. I have a backup plan. God damn it. Don't get the beer out and start pouring. Oh, God. <laughs> he's he's got to throw it up and strain it. <laughs> this guy treats whiskey like like an alcoholic treats for you needy. That's it, Mark. I'm over here with an IV. It's it's <laughs> turned upside down. Just, yeah. just take your time, for God's sake. 
I am. Chew your food. <laughs> I am. It, no, I'm actually actually drinking some Jack right now. So, Oh, char- liquid charcoal. Continue. Nothing like it. Anyway, uh, I'm surprised. Effort, obviously. Yeah, well, Brian, I'm surprised at one that you haven't um, mumble burst all over. Oh, what's Anitra, your face? Anitra Ford. You know, she, I, I don't subscribe to a certain school of thought here that, you know, the plains of Kansas is appealing to me. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm sitting there going like, man, ah, you know, the, the see-through just didn't do a lot for me. I think she, I think this was her last movie, by the way. She was uh, she was like one of the original Price is Right girls, I think, among other things. Oh, uh, are you talking about Great Plains? Yeah. Yes, I'm talking the Great Plains. Yes. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Who? Who? What are you talking about? The girl at the know. beginning of the you movie. The Great Plains of Anita North America. She had, yeah. She, uh, she was fine. There are only two women in this movie. Yeah. Guys. Anita Ford. She was pretty hot. Oh, dear. I knew you would say that. Oh, you know what? I hate you all. That's it. I'm out. I'm done. I, 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 I don't even want to talk to you people anymore. I've seen a sheet of ice with more bumps on it. All right, I mean, you know what? God. Yeah, that fishnet thing she was wearing, I'm like, well, where's the where's the net and where's everything else? Why are they using a male body double here? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, Steve, just stop. You know what? I... Did I just hear car keys getting picked up? I, I, say, uh, I, I definitely heard the wang of a shovel as it got thrown into a trunk. <laughs> hey, there, there was a guy in this movie, and I don't think he showed up anything after this, but he kept reminding me of the guy in, uh, what's the movie with, uh, oh, shoot. Uh, oh, God dang it. Uh, where they're in the army, and he keeps saying, "I'm gonna, I'll kill you for that," or something like that. Oh, it's a comedy with oh, stripes. Uh, oh, stripes, which we did on yeah. this, on on the Man Cave movie review. Well, it's not him. It's not <clears throat> him, but he could be a double for that guy. Uh, and it was, I think his name was. Oh shoot, I, it's an Italian last name, Tony Cacciati. But he, I kept think, I kept wanting him to say, "I'm gonna kill you," because <laughs> it just looked just exactly like the guy right. on the stripes. Lighten up, Francis. Yeah, yeah yes. lighten up, Francis. Yeah, yeah. Ken, you've been awfully quiet. Any thoughts? No, no. You guys have been doing a good job, and you know it, this is a big ensemble cast, and you know I think we've hit the uh, high points of you know the major characters in it. Uh, I did. You know, it is nice when you do a movie like this to you know get. People that really are players. Of course, that means that some of those guys that are good at playing aren't that good at acting. But you know, it, it, the movie didn't suffer for it. I, I appreciate it for what it was. Man, I think the best actor all in all, and he just no surprise was Eddie Albert. He just yeah. he exuded this low level malevolence, um, and he did it in just a very professional uh, menacing way you know uh, he he's he's not going to touch anybody he's not going to beat anybody he's he's he has other people to do that work for him um but he's going to get what he wants um or he's going to try and i think eddie did a good job because he it plays against type because a lot of people right. like you somebody said you know it's used to seeing him in green acres and 
you know, this likable, easygoing guy. Yeah. Um, and I he, think he comes across menacing really well in this movie. Yeah, he played kind of a scumbag in like a late 50s, early 60s World War II movie. I, I don't even, it might have even been a TV episode where he played a, a kind of a very dislikable type. But yeah, um, you, you look at you know what I'm talking about, Steve? Yeah, it's a movie. Attack. Yeah. Wasn't it Attack? Attack, yeah. It's, um, God, in, uh, you know who else? Not Combat. That? You're not talking no, about combat, combat, are you? It's, um, God, no, no, Attack. It was, um, actually, uh, the, the dude that played, uh, oh, shit, uh, from uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, he was in it. Um, Jethro? Not Jethro. Um, Buddy Epson? Yeah, Buddy Epson's in that movie. And, huh. um, yeah, Buddy Epson's in it. There's somebody, God, there's a couple of other people. Jack, Jack Palance, Lee Jack, Marvin. Yeah, Jack Palance. Yeah. Barton. Yeah. What, what, is it Attack? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Albert played a, he was a coward in that movie, wasn't he? Is yeah. That recall? He, kind of a cowardly commander. Yeah, he's kind of like this, yeah, the, the you know, you guys go forward and attack, and, and I'll stay back over here. So, yeah, huh. it's. Yeah, it's kind of really weird to see him in that role. He oh, started out, his first acting gig was 1938, and he stayed active to 1994. So that's, and, and he was very busy. I mean, there's years he did three or four movies. I mean, he just cranked them out. Uh, I do always, I mentioned it once before years back, and somebody alluded to it earlier, but uh, you know, in World War II, he was uh, given the Bronze Star for saving 47 Marines trapped at the Battle of Tarawa. So, not only that, he got a combat V with it. Yes. So, yeah, uh, you know, very interesting guy. But in this movie, yeah, you, you totally bought him as this, you know, executive bureaucrat uh, that has other people doing all of his dirty work for him. Yeah. But then in the end, he gets his comeuppance as. Just kind of knew in the, he would. Well, he, he had a son that uh, Edward Albert, who was who passed away relatively young um, in '06. But I, I remember reading about it. His son kind of stepped away from acting because Eddie got sick, and uh, I think his son was basically his caregiver for quite a few years until he passed away. Oh, and really? then the, it was just about seven or eight years after that the son uh, passed away as well. But uh, he used to be in the old. Uh, Oh my God! Beauty and the Beast TV series. I remember uh, he played a character in that. Oh, the one with um, Ron Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else you guys want to touch on with actors? No, I'm good. I think. All right. Cool. I think we pretty much covered it. Is there? Does Does anybody want to rehash the plot of this movie? I think it's pretty straightforward. Not much subtlety. Nope, not much subtlety. Although, the one thing that kind of bugs me in this movie, and I, I mean, bugs is a pretty harsh term for a movie that's pretty fluff. You know, you've got the character of Unger, who tries to kill Burt Reynolds' character and get somebody else. And it's only meant, it's kind of handled off stage. It's just mentioned in passing, oh, he was, he was arrested. And it's one of those where I wish that Unger had been dealt with on stage. He, he, well, what's the old thing? Uh, did did uh, SOB, you know, pay? And yeah. you really want to see him pay. You know? Right. With all these guys, you know, you want to, like, give him to Samson and the Indian or a couple of the 
couple of the guys. Well, he was the worst. I mean, he was worse than the warden, frankly. The warden didn't kill anybody. I mean, right. he was a, he was terrible, he, but that guy killed somebody, you know, killed somebody. Yeah. With fire. Well, and, and you know, one of the most likable characters in the show. Yeah. The most likable character, yeah. Yeah, but Yeah. So, all right, we're going to move on. Couple um there's a couple interesting parts of trivia. Um I well, know hey, Mark, can, I, can I can I go back a second? Sure. I, I I had issue with how he got to prison, but I ha- I'm I'm kind of happy that they didn't do that terrible trope of an innocent man is sent to prison <laughs> for right. he didn't commit, and now he's in this situation. Right? I mean, you understand why he, he sort of got there, even though I. I have to wonder, you know, a lot of that probably would have just been, you know, you know, whatever, you know, on probation or something. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm, not yeah. sure that, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that warranted. Yeah, I'm not sure that really warranted, you know, hard prison time um, now. And, and don't get me wrong. I'm not condoning any sort of domestic violence of any sort. I'm just saying that I think that. uh I think that, you know, some of that could have been probably with a half-decent lawyer or just, I mean, just because it's his first offense potentially, you know, would not have got him as many years in prison as he got. Well, my guess is he had a felony if it was well known that he threw a football game. I'm assuming that was proven somewhere. But also, if you picked up, he was only in there for, I think, 18 18 months. months. Correct. start, but he kept screwing up and getting stuff added on. Yeah. You don't fight authority because authority always wins. <laughs> Damn. I should write a song about that. <laughs> Man. Oh, my God. Say, thank you, John Cougar Tenroni. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't you break out your guitar, your penny loafers, your white socks, and your jeans. Oh, boy. I'm going to have fun with this edit. <laughs> oh, my God. I blame you, Monty. You backtracked. Uh, I may, I may be opening. responsible for this one. I get one, right? I get one every oh, episode. You get, you get that one. Yeah. John Cougaroni. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they had a great song in the movie. Saturday Night Special. Yes. One of my favorite songs. Especially as the car drowns. Mm-hmm. Well, he was just he was just washing the car. <laughs> that's, that's, it. <laughs> that's it. All right, we're gonna move on. We're gonna hit some trivia. Um, before we do, folks, we want to give you a heads up. Steve and I have both been having massive problems with um, trying to run clips and audio. So this, you're not gonna hear um, our intros into the checklist. So you just have to live without that. I know, boohoo. We're sorry. We're still trying to figure out something happened. Skype updated. We'll blame that, but we're we're just we're struggling right now. So we won't be running the the clips and some of our audio um, in the normal fashion. Um, but we'll keep plugging away, and sooner or later something will happen, and the miracle of modern technology it'll just start working again for some unknown reason. Right, Steve? I agree. I will get this. I will get this. Shit, I will get this shit figured out. 
So will I. <laughs> gonna or, take or, the two of them. You know what? Skype will be standing tall before the man. <laughs> or oh. I, will, I will take a giant shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. You just... As your wife comes downstairs and says, "Honey, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you oh, doing we're this? taking a giant shit on Skype right here. Working on the working on the O-ring. Yep. On the O-ring. That's it. All right. Um, we'll move on. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Um, it, it, if anybody that had half a brain might have noticed while watching the football game portion of this movie, there are inconsistencies with the scoring throughout the game. It's all over the place. Um, and so is the drop kick. If you notice, the drop kick actually goes wide. It missed. Yes. <laughs> it, I, I saw yeah. that. I thought, I thought, that kick, I played it back. I go, it missed. Yeah. <laughs> I go, Couldn't you have re-kicked it and got it right? Yeah. Yeah. I oh. thought it was funny when Nitschke goes, what was that? Because <laughs> yeah. I think. I think somebody in the last six or seven years did a drop kick, maybe New England in in pro football, but it's like nobody had drop kick a a football for that purpose in decades. Okay. Um, if the team's going to do it, it'll be New England. New England. The coach hoodie. Um, the female actress who plays um, Melissa at the beginning of the movie warns Burt Reynolds not to touch her Maserati. And if you notice, it's a Citroen. The car that was sold in the U.S. was a Citroen Maserati SM, a Citroen with a Maserati engine. But owners would always refer to them as Maseratis because Citroens are a piece of crap. That's interesting. And, and it's an ugly car. Oh, God, it's ugly. My my 75 Gremlin was a better-looking <laughs> car than that car. Well, this was not an era outside of the muscle cars known for good-looking cars, frankly. No. I mean, it, from anybody. No. Unless you were driving a 442 or a Chevelle or something. Yeah. I mean, Camaros were good-looking was- cars, Mustangs. Although I didn't like the uh, – believe it or not, I liked the newer, the newer Mustangs in that era versus the early ones. It's just me. But yeah. So it's a it's a Maserati Citroen. Uh, Maserati must have been really hot, hard up to let them drop their engines in the Citroen. Um, during the fourth quarter of the football game between the guards and the inmates, the inmates try a drop kick. As we said, it clearly goes left, um, but they score anyway. Um, when the film was released, Burt Reynolds arranged to have the film shown in maximum security prisons all over the U.S. because the prisoners, for obvious reasons, couldn't go to the theaters to see it themselves. Hmm. Um, when they're playing the football game towards the beginning and again as the game is won they show inmates celebrating in their cells but reuse the video from earlier scenes when Unger had booby-trapped Cruz jail cell light bulb to explode smoke from the earlier fire can be seen filling the far end of the shot in all the scenes I saw that and I was just like I, I, I saw it like really? Yeah. gee yeah just re reuse the shot. And finally, the movie was not filmed in Florida. It was filmed at the Georgia State Prison. Hmm. Wow. But it looked miserable and hot and 
sound baked. Like, yeah, if you send to Southern Georgia, Georgia, Georgia's one degree cooler on average than Florida. Yeah, and if you've been to Southern Southern uh, Southern Georgia, you're just saying to yourself, "Dear God, let's just get to Florida." (laughs) Now that Valdosta, yeah, (laughs) yeah, like I'm almost here. (laughs) Please, God, let's get to the line. And then I've still got five hours to get wherever I need to be. Yep. Anyway, that's trivia. Trivia, trivia, trivia. Um, this movie actually, uh, one thing I wanted to touch on also, is the movie cost about $3 million to make, and I think that it's kind of obvious when you watch it. Not in a bad way, but it's, 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 it's not a ton of money dumped in this movie. Um, but the box office, over time has been 43 million with rentals and everything. So it's, it's done very well. Bert, Bert could do no wrong back then. No. And a lot of it wasn't very good. No. Yeah. No. But it was good old boy. I mean, it, 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 it was, you know, Southern good old boy, like Gator and all those, those, those movies were popular. A lot of people went to see him. Did this have a big enus, little enus vibe with the warden and his silent sidekick? Except in the in the Smokey, that you know, little enus was a more interesting character. He actually talked, but in that one, it, what was his? What was the sidekick deal in the movie? Because the guy never said he, he just said something at the end of the movie. I'm like, who is that guy? Is he like I, his? Well, I won't say. But what yeah. the hell? First, I thought he was like maybe an authority figure that was there observing. Then I realized like, no, nope, this is his butt wipe. You know, I mean, yep. what's the deal? I don't know. I don't know. It was just like he record things that he had to say. And that was about it. I don't know. It was weird. Oh, well. Um, guys, favorite scenes? <laughs> don't everybody speak at once. Well, I, I, I think I broke his fucking neck. <laughs> <laughs> you broke Probably his my fucking favorite neck. Scene. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's probably my favorite. I I, I think I enjoyed that where he um I think he came back off he came off the bench from trying to throw the game and um you know, lines it back up and and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do a little payback and so he makes sure that that offensive line opens up oh. let that one guard through. And he just rears back and just <laughs> unloads that football into the tenders, right? And so, then, not once, and not not once. Then there's a you know giant pile on, right? And then he's like, "Okay, let's do it again." <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's laughing; they're all dying because they it's, they know what's it, coming. Yeah, it's a great scene. It is. Yeah. You, you, you know, you kind of expected it once, not well, twice. Technically, that cost them 30 yards worth of penalties, just for the record. But, yeah. <laughs> then Mike Henry, you know, <laughs> you know, he goes, somebody needs to get mouth to mouth. And Mike Henry's the guy who goes, <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Ken, what about you? I'm, aside from all the carnage on the football field, uh, I'm going to just say the introduction to the prison, just those two scenes where he, he meets first the captain who, you know, works him over a bit with a nightstick. And then 
you know, that's the bad cop. Then the good cop sort of is, you know, Eddie Albert basically telling him how things are going to go. And it just sets the scene for, you know, a lot of the relationships that are going to come through the movie. Does it pretty efficiently. Uh, again, it's kind of cartoonish, but it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Steve? <laughs> Steve? Waiting to hear snoring, I swear. Oh my god. Shitter's full. Steve, how's that O ring? <laughs> passed out. Or he's in he's the probably, toilet. He's probably killing a spider. <laughs> no, we would have heard that. Oh, you're right. You're That's right. very quiet. He's not snoring, so I think he just snuck away to uh, use facilities. He's taking right. through Bernadette Peter's hair looking for it. <laughs> All right. So oh, I've got... one, one thing, Brian, I got to ask, and that is, we we had that scene. They weren't making Pruno. What was that? Oh, they were making? Uh, he was making that from raisins, and that, uh, and you know, that's kind of basically Pruno. I mean, yeah. you know, all vegetable matter you could acquire. Except he was matter. very, he was very uh, clean about it. He didn't do it in the bowl itself. He uh, he had a plastic bag, so. Yeah. <laughs> He was very refined in his development of Pruno. He had quality control. Correct. <laughs> that was funny. Bert goes, is that the right place to do it? He goes, well, it seems kind of natural. <laughs> Keeps it cool. Mm-hmm. Keeps it cool. Yeah, I had forgotten uh, that, Ken. That, that was the, the classic Pruno scene. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought of you. I thought, there's Brian in the height of his glory. <laughs> I, I can see Brian as the, the fixer, scrounger in prison. Yeah, I can see that. I'd rather be that guy than one of the cheerleaders. Just saying. I can see uh, Brian as Granny. Uh, granny. <laughs> uh, you know, the one scene, a couple of the scenes I enjoyed, it, it's it's the montage, if it were, is when, um, is, is when uh, scra- the scrounger character is... Um, uh, Michael Conrad or uh, James Hampton, his caretaker, mm-hmm. is taking Burt Reynolds around, and they're trying to recruit everybody. And he's giving him the backstory, like no Indian jokes. <laughs> he's killed five people. That was before he. That oh. was before he learned karate. So they're going to all these <laughs> different guys, and, and that interplay between the two of them as they as they walk up and try and recruit everybody. I I enjoyed that. That was some nice. That's some nice fun give and take between those actors. How? Ah, yeah, how? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you play? I just... uh, Oklahoma State University? Prison. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know, the thing about this movie, and if you've seen any other Burt Reynolds movies, I think what makes it pleasant is it's just a ple- in in that in the sense of the word pleasant is you know what you're getting with these kinds of movies that Burt Reynolds made. He's gonna he's gonna break the fourth wall. He's gonna kind of snark at the camera. He's gonna use his lazy, charming acting skills, and um, you know that's what you bought. Like you said, Brian, that's kind of what you you made a lot of these movies back then, and they were successful because of that. Yeah, he, he has charisma to carry it. All right. Steve, are you back? I'm here. Yes. Oh, ah. Oh, I'm sorry. So, Were you waiting on me? Shit. Well, we figured you either had passed out, had a spider outbreak, 
or had to go to the potty. Actually, I actually had a spider to kill, and I did have to go to the uh, the restroom. So I, I apologize. Did I hold Were they both in the same space? Um, well. <laughs> Inquiring minds. Yeah, you know what? I'm, we're not going to talk about that part. Just It's too traumatic. What did you do? Pee in your storm drain? No, it was, I didn't pee in the storm drain. <laughs> <laughs> Shitters in there. <laughs> I hate you all. <laughs> no, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. What? Neither. Go ahead. All right. So before we move on, we were talking about favorite scenes. Was there anything that jumped out at you that you liked more than anything else? Uh, nah, nothing. You guys already covered. All right. I'm just saying. Not I. Well, we'll we'll get back to it, but wasn't a big fan of this movie, so just okay. All right, well, we're going to move on to one of our favorite parts of the show. Yes, and we'll start with the birthday boy, brother. What you drinking? Holy birthday shit. boy! Wow, it's it's my turn. Holy crap! Um, well, actually, guys, uh, I I will say I have been imbibing pretty early on. If you haven't figured it out. Um, I've had uh, numerous uh, beers today. Um, my favorite was the Anchor uh, Anchor Porter. It's very good, solid beer. But uh, the one that I'm drinking tonight, um, God bless my wife. She loves me, and she got it for me. And I was just joking about it. I said, she goes, what do you want for your birthday? I said, hey, go out and get some Colonel Taylor. And, and you know what? She went out and bought me Colonel Taylor, so that's what I'm drinking right now. Uh, I'm I'm savoring it, Mark. Yes, it's don't yeah. guzzle the Colonel Taylor. I'm not guzzling it. It's going to be a uh, it's up there on the uh, on the top shelf. That uh, you know, you hit that up when it's like nuclear war, zombie apocalypse, whatever. So. Yeah, I figured you'd break out a little pappy that you had last for you, or to that tomorrow. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what, buddy. That 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 thing. That's done. That's that you lasted. Ended it that up. lasted what three years or about? So yeah, mm-hmm. pap, pappy is done. All right. So well, it had a good run. Keep the bottle. I hope you kept the bottle. I did. I did. Man. Yeah, you it keep was... the bottle and you just keep refilling it with Jim Beam, <coughs> giving it to your guests. They'll think well of you. <coughs> yeah. That's it. Sure they will. <laughs> Most people won't know the difference. They'll go, oh, wow, that's some good stuff. That's genius, You know Ken. what? That's a pretty good idea. <laughs> yeah, there's, some, there's something wrong with that? Yeah. I, I want you guys. Now, <laughs> my, my uncle did that with Chivas Regal. He had a <laughs> Chivas Regal bottle. He just kept on refilling with rot gut. Keep it at a prompt spot. Does that bother you? No, no. But what you do is actually, it's there. There is a variant of that that if you take Weller um, Antique and Weller Twelve and you blend them, you basically get Pappy. I've heard that. Yep, you basically get Pappy if you can find Weller. It's and well, it's good. It's good on its own. So yeah. you can, yeah, basically turn it into your own Pappy. Like well, 60, and, 40. And, and Mark, just I just want to go on record saying is that, you know what, no bullshit. If you come in my house and I have Pappy, you're getting Pappy. You're not getting bullshit. 
I don't I don't mess around with bourbon. So whatever I'm pouring, yeah. it's the real deal. And that's why, folks, he only pours for his guest, Jack Daniels Green Label. Strain Tuesday. <laughs> it's great. All right, next. All right, all right, next. Uh, Jeff, you're up. What? What? Huh? What happened? Huh? Did Ever I miss something? You've been to the bathroom and killed a spider. We've gone on what you're drinking. Oh, um, brother, what you're drinking? Sorry, my dog started barking. I had to go investigate. Um. I'm drinking the um, Bells. I put one of these back because um, I wanted to see how it would uh, how it would be a few months later. So um, it, it's just fine. Um, the uh, Bells um, Cherry Stout, and it's um, it's it's still good. I, I'd like to maybe next year put one back just a little bit longer, um, see if it ages um, any you know maybe a little bit better. <clears throat> but um, it, it's got the perfect. Perfect balance of uh, stout and cherry, and uh, quite uh, quite tasty. So my last one, so I don't know when I'll be able to get another six pack. Next time I might have to give me a case or something. I'm Make it last. Say, I mean, they're not even if you, when it is available, it doesn't last long. No, it doesn't last long, and man, they're expensive too. But um, but well worth it, I think. Ron must have ran into a connection problem. Trying to bring him back on. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, sorry, Brian. I'm here. Ah, there he is. Steve, are you there? <laughs> He's a robot. <laughs> one ping. I always knew it. Always one ping. <laughs> um, nope, you're back. We just got your back, Brian. Brian, what are you drinking tonight? Are you drinking Believe a not, raise? I am drinking Diet Coke, guys. I uh, Tomorrow's a work day. Now, did you, I know it's a work day for everybody else, too. But Did you age it in your toilet? Uh. Sure. <laughs> no, it's uh, pure Diet Coke, straight from CVS. Mm-mm, good. Mm-mm, good. Well, I'm enjoying a Bell's Oktoberfest this year's version. Very crisp. Not a, not terribly malty like a lot of Oktoberfest. But, um, you know, like you, Jeff, Bell's. Bell's does their specialty beers very well. And once again, this is another good one. If you haven't yeah, had it, they they can't they can't do uh, they can't, they really can't do too wrong by me. No, no, always tasty, always tasty. So it's a good good Oktoberfest. It would just be nice if it started to feel like October around here instead of July. <laughs> God, Jeez. yeah. Anyway, so last but certainly not least, Ken will be going to what you're drinking and then catching up with Ken. So. Uh, well, uh, what I'm drinking, uh, I try to think of something appropriate to this genre of movies. These these Burt Reynolds movies that were uh, down in the South and had car chases and all. And I don't think there was one in this movie, but what I'm drinking is Rebel Yell and Diet Coke. Oh, oh. Hey, I'm mixing it with Diet Coke. I mean, I'm not like drinking it straight. Give me credit. Oh. What possessed you to buy a bottle of RY? Somebody gave it to me. Uh, okay. So you didn't I, I, spend your hard I've had it for about a year, and I use it as a mixer here and there. I, I, I've had I had a you know a couple glasses neat. I mean, it's low. It's, it's, it's not terrible, but 
I use it as a mixer. But no, what I've been doing since the last podcast, a uh, couple Fridays back, I uh, wanted to meet some friends after work, but instead of going to the Brass Ring, which, as you all know, is a strip club, is not a strip <laughs> club. Uh, we went to the Tiki Bar at Revolution down in Fountain Square. I will also put in a strip plug. club. What? Nothing. No, the Tiki Bar at Revolution is not a strip club. It's a very nice Tiki Bar and had very good service. Uh, I then left there. Because I had a bachelor party to attend to. At a strip club. At well, no, we went to the the Antelope Club. Uh, also, also a strip club. <laughs> it's not a strip club. It's an old it's... fashioned kind of dumpy. Was a men's club. Now it's sort of a just a membership bar hangout joint. Uh, it's very cheesy. I mean, it was. The interior of the Antelope Club looks like it hasn't changed since about the time this movie came out. Uh, and I've been there, and I've, I've had a rash of friends join the thing. I mean, they were pressuring me last night, going, like, hey, you got to join. We're all joining. It's like, hang out. But anyways, it, it was fun. And after meeting the other people in the uh, party and having snacks and drinks and all, we decided we had to go to the Red Garter. <laughs> A strip club. A strip club. Which is a strip a club. A strip club. And uh, we went and had the usual things going on, but uh, there came after you know several shows. We shows. Uh, you know several several now, several ladies were entertaining features. us. The usual routine. <laughs> well, there came a point where you know the 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 girl that was getting ready to come up. Well, As basically, she, she was not. She's not. <laughs> that attractive to me so i thought this is a good chance for me to hit the can so i got up and went back and did the business and i came out and everybody was gone so like well, except peaches like damn i looked around didn't see anybody when well, they left so i did the only logical thing which is walked out the front door went next door to white castle got some white oh, castles and drove home also a strip club <laughs> so they left you no, I get home after eating the White Castles in the car, and I'm you know in bed. My phone goes off, and you know my friend Joe Ramos going like, "Where are you? We're here." They they went back in the corner. The, I thought they went back. Another hotter dancer, and they went back there to watch her, and I didn't see them. So they went back in the back. Yeah. So and evidently they 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 did the usual debauch the you know groom bridegroom and did all that stuff, and I didn't get to see it. But nonetheless, it was okay. You know, there's uh, some, there's something sadly pathetic. Can about you being at a strip club, going out, going to the bathroom, coming out, looking around, can't find your friends. So what do you do? You go to White Castle and you sit neat White Castle next door to a strip club in your so, car. I just went through the drive-through and oh, yeah. oh, okay. What what time of night did this part of the evening take place? Uh, that would have been about one o'clock. So it was arguably time that you would have considered going home anyway, and certainly as part of that. Anytime after midnight when alcohol is involved, White Castle is involved, right? Right. Not usually, but this night it was. Or or IHOP. Or IHOP. Or Or Jenny's. I've got an IHOP gift card I need to burn up. There's not an IHOP on the way. But no, it was a a fun night. I went to – I I made my annual pilgrimage yesterday to um, uh, the the White Castle – um, I go once a year 
and it uh, I think it's more than kismet that we went on the same day. It's when you're in the mood for White Castles, there's not much else that no satisfy. Not at all. But it I'm helps not with the O ring. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to White Castle too often. Anyways, uh the next day had a I was on the home tour, the Irvington home tour this year. We had a luncheon for the people that were on the tour and then everybody took everybody around and showed you know, their home, so everybody that was on the tour could see the other houses. And when I got back home, I had a message from a woman I'd met recently, a friend of a friend, and she she sent me a message saying, you should come down to the Irish Fest. And I went, well, I actually had it on my calendar, so I will. So I went down and met her down at the Irish Fest, and we hung out, drank mead. They had some good mead. Uh so hung out there, talked, you know, got to know her a little bit, listened to the Celtic music, looked around at the Celtic stuff. They did have the musical theme from two Man Cave movies played by bands while I was there, which would be the theme from Last of the Mohicans and the theme from The Man Who Would Be King. <laughs> I don't know the actual name of those songs. They're legit, you know, Celtic songs. But, uh, you know, interesting, interesting person. Uh, I'll, I'll just mention three things about her, which I thought was interesting. One, she's a former captain in the U.S. Army. Another, she is a dual citizen with you know, Irish citizenship. So that's why she was there. And she's a former Maxim magazine model. So gee, many Christmas. Interesting person. So I will see her around. Uh Went on the home tour last Sunday, basically just sat in my home and had about 300 people come through and look at everything and talk to them. And it was fun. Uh, middle of the week, went to the Eagle, nice restaurant downtown, met a group of friends for lunch just to catch up. Eagle's a base. It's chicken. It's just all kinds of chicken based dishes. I had a very good chicken cob salad. Chicken uh, sandwich is excellent. They do have an excellent chicken sandwich. It's just a good place, good addition to the downside Mass Ave scene. And, uh, we went uh, what? I said we went. Uh, Sarah and I went down there one night. Okay, did you like it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will never darken those doors again. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> look, I, I'm, a, I'm just I'm I'm picky. I, look, I'm not a big chicken fan, and I, and I was I, I wasn't. Somebody somebody didn't didn't really frame what was going to be going on at that restaurant for me too well so, so what i don't what they do that turned you off with is it a strip thing? joint too or what <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't um, i don't look at two places i don't go strip joints and chicken restaurants okay that, those aren't my things so um no it just um they they when i went there they just had a very limited selection and the selection they had was nothing up my alley look i don't eat I don't eat chicken. It's not my thing. I mean, unless it's in my Thai, my Thai, my Thai food. That's about the only time I eat chicken. But um, which Brian knows, I think. Um, but um, that, it just seemed to be like a very limited menu on on what you could get there. And I always like a um, you know a, a broad list of options for me, and they don't have it there. Yeah. Maybe they've expanded. I don't know. Okay. Sorry, I hijacked catching up with Ken. It's not catching up with Jeff. Well, I, I know the real reason you got put off was when you're sitting there and all of a sudden the announcer goes, and now on the center stage, it's Brandy doing the chicken dance. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't want any stray hair floating into my food, okay? Look. 
Finally, <laughs> a little extra Friday protein night, is all I got to say. But hey. Friday night after work, uh, went down, <laughs> met my friend Chris at the Brass Ring. Also, a strip club. Not a strip joint. Not a strip club. Oh, oh, it's not. I oh. had pizza, caught up, talked to the uh, ladies down there, they and the owner. Oh, I will say, I, I this is an odd thing, but uh, last weekend my mom goes, Ken, do you drink Crown Royal? And I'm going like, uh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because, you know, my, my 86-year-old mother does not drink or anything else. And then she goes like, well, you know, the, the some of the ladies here at uh, Crestwood Adult Community Center, uh, we, we play it's rummy. It's not a strip joint. <laughs> we play, we play oh. this game. It has, like, domino-like tiles and all. And one of the other ladies came in with a Crown Royal bag, and it's perfect for holding and storing these things. Can you get me a Crown Royal bag? Have one. I'm going like, well, no, I threw mine away. So, so last Monday, I went down to the brass ring, asked Tammy, the bartender, hey, do you have any Crown Royal bags? She said, hold on. She went back, found Scott, the owner. Scott said, hold on. I explained what I was doing. I was for the old folks at you know Crestwood. And he set me up with eight Crown Royal bags. So now mom's all supplied, and she's a hero to all of her friends. Does Tammy also dance? Uh <laughs> I bet Tammy can dance. I do know that Tammy is a good cosplayer. Uh, she had a very good Ray from Star Wars costume going a few months back. I saw her in it. She, so. Can do, so she can do everything at the establishment, right? She can dance. She can bartend. She can pickpocket. She yeah. can run the place. Mark, She's okay. a very Mark, nice Mark, Mark, young lady. The point where you have to reel them in. Yes. I just want, all I um, want to do is. All right. I'm, I'm it done. Up. Thank you. I didn't go to the Skyline Club last night. Uh, Merit wedding. Club. Boom. Done. No, no. Was it chilly good? <laughs> At a wedding at Skyline Club. Right. There's no dance. Well, there was dancing, but it was right. just. just Dad? Dad? And that's it. Move this along. It's Dragon Mark. It's your fault. I can't ask why. <laughs> Oh, my God. Goddamn strip club for the weekend. So why don't you tell us about the top movies of 1974? Hope to God none of them are triple X. We'll be here all night. Is it midnight? <laughs> no, but it's five after ten. Here it goes. Uh, I'd be happy to talk about the top movies of uh, 1974. Uh, as is my normal want, there were several movies that didn't make the top ten, but which deserve mention. Uh, one, The Man with the Golden Gun, oh. a man cave movie, which we reviewed. We did. Christopher Lee. James Bond versus Christopher Lee. Yes. Another Roger Moore movie, which was actually pretty good, I thought, was Gold. Oh, that's the, uh, the minor thing. Yes. Yeah. Gold Mine. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, Never so. heard of it. No, it. Well, it came out, and it's like everybody thought, "Oh, another like Bond movie." It's not. I mean, it's a totally. It's not that kind of a movie, but it's a solid movie. There's skullduggery in the gold mining fields in yeah. South Africa. He's Roger Moore's involved in it. Yeah. Uh, another movie which actually started many a young man's 
desire to watch late night features on Cinemax, a whole chain of movies based on Emmanuel. Yep, I was oh. going to mention that. Yep. Mm. Yep. That and Flesh Gordon came out the same year. Wait, a um, movie. Right. Go ahead. Did, did you just say Flesh Gordon? Yeah. Yeah. You've never seen Flesh Gordon? Move on. Just go. Just yeah. Yes. Don't a stop. movie which just would be a moving. good man cave movie, which we have never reviewed, is The Odessa File. Are we oh, going to yeah. review Flesh Gordon? <laughs> Another movie which came Candy out. Candy Samples is in it, but you know. The Sorry. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> and also that penultimate man cave movie. Zardoz. Yes! Oh, God. But, now I'm going to get into the top ten, because the and penis, here it goes. Because the penis is evil. <laughs> the gun is Except good. The gun is good, and I'd be able to shoot him and put him out of his misery. Uh, at number ten, a movie which I bet some of you saw, Benji. Yeah. William Buchanan. Yeah. Uncle Joe. We all saw. Yep. We all saw Benji. Yeah, I think everybody did. Yeah, it was like a law. Yeah, because we're Americans, goddammit. That's right. I, I wasn't number, allowed to go to movies then. Yeah. At number fun. nine, this movie, The Longest Yard, it was a, it, it did well. Uh, at number eight, and it's like really, the life and times of Grizzly Adams. And Haggerty. Now I'm curious, did did that did that come on after the TV series, or was it, it came the lead into? Okay, so it, it created the TV series. It did the movie last they, year. They spun the TV series off of it. Uh, again, this was 1974, but at number seven, the movie is Airport, 1975. That has you to like <laughs> you like turkey spaz, Timmy. Oh wait. Now you're thinking. I think airplane. the next year is, or two years later, is when airplane came out. This is airport. This is we're 1974. We are deep in the era of disaster spectacular movies. Irwin, what's his name? Yes. Movies. At number six, a movie which I still don't know why we haven't done it, especially given the recent board game that Jeff's introduced us to, which would be The Godfather Part Two. Well, we have to carve out six hours to do that. (laughs) Yeah. But we could do it. Godfather Part 2 is a very good... It's one of those sequels that's as good or better. I mean, I I see it as equal to The Godfather, but that's just me. Kind of like Aliens. Yeah. Yep. At number five, a movie I saw in the theater in Sense Around Earthquake. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to guess Midway. I was going to say they did Flesh Gordon since around, I think, but no, sorry. At number four, <laughs> another man cave movie, very popular, Young Frankenstein. That's pronounced Frankenstein. Well, then my name is Froderick. <laughs> you know, everybody knows that you know, Young Frankenstein has a big cultural impact and, you know, well deserved. Because when you get up to the top levels of a movie, of a, you know, top 10, the movies are all memorable and, you know, usually a pretty good quality. Just like the movie at number three, The Trial of Billy Jack. Oh, God. Billy oh, Jack sucked. The Trial of Billy Jack, can you, 
It's a it's a quantum suckage. It's nineteen seventy four. Everything sucked in nineteen seventy four practically. Almost everything. Yeah. And number two, another disaster. The towering inferno. <laughs> <laughs> now they got Newman to do one of those movies. Was that, that was it. Was, it, This was Paul Newman yeah. and Steve McQueen, and yeah. a cast of like everybody in Hollywood, including Red, OJ, Red Button, OJ, yeah, Richard Chamberlain, Faye yep. Dunaway. I mean, I could keep going. And finally, at number one, a man cave movie, one we've done. One we've all giggled to, and what I saw, I was shocked that my parents took me to see this at the theater because, like, my you know, it's not my mom's normal sort of movie, Blazing Saddles. We haven't <laughs> reviewed it. We haven't done. No. Didn't we do Blazing Saddles? No. no. Oh, no. I guess we kept talking about it so much. I thought we did it. No. 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 no we have not. I could have sworn. I, I I thought it was one of the ones you guys did, and I wasn't there. Okay. Oh, no. There's not many people left around for that movie. Almost everybody in that flick is past. Mel Brooks is still kicking. He's the only one. To, the, the, the Wilder's dead. Alice Karras is dead. Uh, Cleavon Little's dead. Uh, oh, one other movie that came out this year, which we did, is Chinatown. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You guys did that? Yep. Oh, God. I forgot we did that. Yeah. Yeah, we did it, that one. It wasn't top ten, but it was... Yeah. Iconic movie. Yeah. I don't iconic know. My notes, movie. I just skipped it. But nope, that's it. Top 10. Let's move on. Excellent. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, we will move on to the checklist. Shattering glass. Did anyone go through a window? No. Oh. No. Nobody went through a window. All right. Was there an irrelevant female role in the movie? Given there's only like two, I'd say no. They didn't do much, but you know what they did, they had to do. It was part of the movie. So we're saying both of them are fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're fine. <clears throat> was there a son of a bitch, and did he pay? In one of the son of bitches. Yeah, you didn't see any of them pay. Right. To, to be honest. Well, Eddie Albert was thwarted and frustrated, but you also knew he's probably going to—he's probably <laughs> not going to suffer for it. And if anybody's going to suffer, it's going to be Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was going to get a case of the Andy Dufresne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, there were sons of bitches, but they—the only one that really paid, who I guess you could say was a son of a bitch, was the guard that that took it in the tenders twice. Well, and the other one who broke his freaking neck. Well, that was Nitschke, wasn't it? Nitschke was the one who took it in the tenders, and I yeah. can't remember who got his neck broken. <laughs> <laughs> That's I felt I felt for that guy in that scene where y'all the second time around he's sort of standing there, he's kind of woozy and wobbly, and then a wham. Oh, ooh, ow. That was committed though. He was committed. Um could the female role be better played by Tawny Katane? So we'll we'll go with either role because um, hey. yeah, she, she uh, I, I, I don't know if I want to see her in a beehive. No, I would. I, I'd rather seen her in the first scene with the fishnet outfit. 
yeah. or whatever see-through outfit. They're, uh, that she would have shined, so to speak. She would have been fine, mm-hmm. very fine. So yes, we can all agree she could have played the woman at the beginning of the movie. Plus, she's a uh, fighter. She, oh yeah, she'd like right. to punch him out. She would. Just, just ask a major league baseball player. But I right. digress. Um, was there an A-team montage in this film? There wasn't an a, a classic A-team montage, but they did use that split-screen montage effect. Yes. Well, was it when they were breaking it out and teaching them various ways to hurt the guards? Wasn't that kind of like a you know, montage scene on how to hurt people different ways? Got a point. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of going with the different... Uh, the brass knuckles, brass knuckles. wrapping your arm in plaster of Paris. Yeah, you could kind of make the case that that's kind of an 18 montage after a fashion. Another Not one I heard classic. of was, t- was taking tax and wrapping that around your stuff with tax inside it, pointed outwards. Nice. But you never did anything like that? I did. No. No. I wasn't that good to start with. <laughs> and last but not least, Jeff, was there a Babylon 5? Lincoln or reference in this movie? Um, shockingly, no. <laughs> or not shockingly. I was going to well, say, I thought shockingly, yes. I mean, uh, granted, I mean, there's a lot of seasoned people in this movie, but I mean, it, you know, it's only about, you know, 20 years later. Um, now, there, strangely, there are several actors that were in Babylon 5 that are in the 2005 version. Oh, really? Movie. Yes, like three of them. Really? Interesting. Huh. Hey, I, I'm quick, curious question. I, I never saw a 2005 version. Could, could Bert was a guy in prison, obviously, in that movie. They didn't in any way try to say that he was the guy in the prison from 1974. Then he just basically got stuck in there his whole life or something like that, did they? I'm sure they didn't. But He basically played the Nate Scarborough role. Gotcha. So. Well, but I mean, you know, I mean, theoretically, I mean, based on, you know, how this, this show operates, I mean, there, there's, there's no end in sight to how long some of these people stay in there, right? That's right. That'd been a perfect linkage. So Absolutely. no B5 links. No. All right. So we will move on from that. Uh, Steve, are you still with us? I'm here. <laughs> do you want to do the review? It is your birthday. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Brian, why don't you take this one? Well, actually, Mark, this is kind of your movie, you know? Yeah, but you take this one. This is kind of in your wheelhouse of the 70s. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, for different types of movies, but yes. Um, you know, it was all right. I mean, it was a traditional Burt movie, uh, pretty simple stuff. Uh, I mean, again, it could have been a made-for-TV movie. That's been comments been made before. Uh, I guess I did like the fact that half the movie was on the football field. Uh, that actually, to me, probably improved the movie. Uh, the... Uh, you know, I mean, it's Bert being Bert. I mean, he just plays kind of the. I mean, again, I like Bert. Don't misunderstand me, but he kind of plays the same guy. I thought, you know, some of the guys stretched a little bit. Eddie Albert, was, I think, Mark, you're right. I think you made the comment that you know he, he that malevolence that he had was well done. Um, I, I like the movie, but that said, if you're asking me for a number, it's going to be oh man, a six, maybe. 
So it's not a movie I'd go out of my way to watch. So there you have it. Ken? Jeff? I'll jump Steve? in. Go ahead, Ken. Uh, <clears throat> mirror a lot of what uh, Brian said. I saw this way back. It's typical of similar movies that were being done back in that time. Uh, it, you know, straightforward story. I mean, a bunch of, you know, they set up the situation and then it's just a bunch of, you know, fairly predictable stuff. Uh, you know, decent at what it is. I mean, if you like sports games like this or sports movies like this, it's a, it's a good deal. Uh, back then when I first saw it, I probably would have given it like a seven, maybe. Uh, but the thing with me is I'm really not a sports movie guy. I mean, you know, you guys know me. I mean, you don't see me like run around wearing jerseys or anything like that. Uh, so that aspect of it really doesn't do much for me. When you look at the rest of the movie, had some good actors, I know, you know, a bunch of sort of amateur actors, but they, you know, you got, you got to respect guys that get sort of dragged into these sort of you know, ensemble things. If I have to give it a number today, I'm going to give it about a, a 5.75. That's, I almost like it. I don't hate it at all. I mean, it's worth catching, uh, especially if you like these kind of movies. But it's just, you know, it's just not my bag of tea. Cup of tea, bag of grass, whatever. Bag of nuts. You know, you know one thing, I, I, real quick, sports movies are hard to make well. Uh, because you're either telling a story that everybody already knows, and you're trying to put a different twist on it, or you're telling a story that nobody knows. And uh, I, I love sports. I don't generally go out of my way for sports movies. I, I have to know what I'm going to go see and know it's worthwhile, because I, I generally am disappointed when I go to see sports movies, in general. The ones I have enjoyed were the ones that kind of came out after, starting with Hoosiers, and there was the one about the Olympic skating team. But those kind uh, I, of became the underdog sports genre that popped up for a while. I I like uh, I like uh, the uh, what what was that? Um, it's got uh, Kurt Russell in it. The that's the one with about the nineteen eighty the, 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 the skate yeah the yeah, uh, I, I like that movie. movie fabulous oh, fabulous movie yes have we have we done that no that's we, a great oh movie. my god that is well I mean it's an amazing movie. Uh, the story itself is is also tremendous. Douglas uh, is exceptional in the movie too. Who? What's that? Douglas is great in the movie. Douglas? Or not Douglas, but uh, Russell, Russell. Excuse me. Oh, he he's totally out of character. Miracle. Uh, that's what it's miracle. called. Miracle. That's what it is. Oh, I, I own it. I own it. I mean, it's right. It is right up there with Hoosiers. I would. Yeah. I would agree. Good movie. Very good movie. So, anything else about uh, this movie, Jeff? No, I think you guys have summed it up pretty well. I mean, I think it's worth catching. I don't. Um, I think. Um, I think it's worth watching one time. Uh, there's some. There's some pretty, you know, pretty good uh, comedic writing in this movie. So it's it's a situational comedy. It's not a slapstick comedy. Um, pretty pretty decent show. Uh, you know, I'd give it a. You know, for I mean it's probably something I am not going to be watching anytime soon, but um, 
something that, uh, you know, if, if I'm, you know, painting or doing something and it's on TV and I can't change the channel for some reason, I'll watch it. Um, yeah, probably give it up. <laughs> Somebody Solid. has a gun to my head and forces me to watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> Solid. I mean, I'd give it a solid five and a half, six, somewhere around there. Steve, do you have words? I'm sure Steve is worded out tonight. I'm su- surprised we, we know he hurt. doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, Steve. All right. Good night, Steve. All right. Um, so that's that's it for the Man Cave movie review. Oh, yeah, I kind of like this movie, but I kind of <laughs> like this genre of Burt Reynolds kind of grinning through movies and now everybody else pretty much covered it. Um, it, it's got some fun actors who I think it's more like a, let's all get together, have a good time, drink some beer and make a football movie. And it kind of comes through that way with the the way the actors interact. So I'll, I'll give it a six. And that's about half the movies that Burt Reynolds ever made five to him. I, I like, think we, we, just, we don't really have a script or anything, but hey, come on over. We'll drink some beer and figure it out. And yeah. it, it's quite a story to tell. That it, if you if you what's that? okay, if you I, if you I, want to watch about if you, you said hey, I want to understand Reynolds in the in his what he did. Uh, you probably have to watch this because it's one of his movies that that was fairly prominent. So yep. I mean, I think you know if you want to understand Reynolds, you got to watch this movie. Yeah. So, all right, gentlemen. I think we're done. I think we'll wrap this one up and call it a night. So, folks, thank you for listening. Um, we hope you've enjoyed the show. This was episode, my gosh, 213, I believe. Yes, of the Man Cave Movie Review. You've listened to our review of The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. You can find us uh, and our podcast on iTunes at Man Cave Movie Review or at our website at mancavemoviereview.com. You can also visit with us on Facebook. Uh, We're on there all the time. So until our next episode, I'm your host, Mark Slover, saying thank you for listening to our team, including um, Jeff. Look what we have here, a miniature podcaster. Monty. Green Acres is the place to be. Down in a farm, living is the life for me. Oh, wrong show. There am I. Wrong show, Jaja. Oliva. Thanks, Jaja. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, you got to admit that Arnold the Pig had real personality. Yeah. So did Mr. Zeffel. Sang better than Jeff. True. And and joining squ- Jeff. It squealed. Wow. Oh, dear. oh God. My well, if we were reference. talking about a different movie, that would be that mm-hmm. would be fitting. Mm-hmm. And and that that voice you hear, folks, is Brian. I make the best raisin jack in the joint. The yellow coloring. It's it, it's just food coloring. Miller. You know, you know, my problem's always been, Mark. You know, I've mm. always had my shit together. I just couldn't lift it. And when you did, you got a hernia. That's right. It's <laughs> 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 a very timely joke. <laughs> Particularly as I try to bend over right now, and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining uh, the cripple is Ken. If I were a kept man, I'd never drive my keeper's car into a river, Roney. Mark, mm. Steve's trying to escape from the podcast. Take this M1 carbine and kill him. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, too late. He escaped. <laughs> he just fell down, passed out. Just drag him back to the cell block. Um, and speaking of which, 
our birthday boy, last but certainly not least, Steve. Yeah, there are two things you can sweat out of you or have beaten out of you if you stay married long enough. Your balls, Michael. Hey, goddammit, who the hell shoved my Maserati into the goddamn bay? <laughs> I didn't know you owned one. It's a Citroen, Mark. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Ciao.